Are you struggling to contribute at Trivia Night? Do you find that the subjects of high school tend to cause you fright? Not to worry, we've got a solution of sorts A variety of topics and comedic retorts Your mind's awake, but your body's at ease When you're listening to Topical Breeze Herje, herje I bring congratulatory messages For the approval of one King Andy Alright, I... <laughs> Like, I know that you just did this whole thing. Harrye! Harrye. Right. So, I'm new here. Uh, oh, and, you're new here, are and, you? And I... I'm still kind of learning the dialect, if you will. Of course, I, of and course I, you are. And I heard... And even now, really not picking up on it. I, I heard, like, every third fucking word of what you just said. Uh, I, I heard... You need me to go at wee bit slaughter, do you? Okay. <laughs> um, I don't need you to go wee. I need you to go slower. So let's nah, go... Ah, if I didn't wee, I'd say peace. Okay. I love peace. <laughs> so ah, as you king, for world peace, are I'd, you? <laughs> I don't know who Waddle is, but I'd love world peace. That's what... I'm King Andy. I want world peace. Well, peace is after easy. No, huh? I'm not after anybody ah, named right. Waddle. That would be war. I'm not after anybody. Well, I'll slow it down for you. I am still... <laughs> this is insane how much I can't genuinely understand you. This isn't even a bit. Are you, like, you're not doing a bit, <laughs> are you? <laughs> this, 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 is, this is genuine. Huh? This is genuine, is it? <laughs> so, do I need to explain it in terms you'll understand? Please... The R&B artist. <laughs> Genuine. You know? Are you familiar with him? God. Oh, my God. Genuine, you know? Genuine. Genuine's a rapper. Oh, sorry. He's a, he's a rapper? Artist <laughs> R&B artist. <laughs> I thought he was a rhythm and blues kind of guy. Rhythm. Rith- rith- woof. A rith- now I've lost it. Uh, now I've lost it, and it's all your fault. And uh, we lost the listeners already, so... Welcome back to Topical Breezes. What was the first thing that you said? Hear ye. Yeah, I didn't get hear that. Hear ye. Oh. Hear ye, hear ye. I thought you were saying hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was calling you a hairy ass. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome wow. back to Topical Breeze, everybody. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm the king now. I'm King Th- Andy. Big, big thanks to McGregor for... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> veto, <laughs> vetoing, introducing a Scottish character named McGregor. <laughs> what do you want to name him? Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, well, it wasn't really vetoing the name so much as the oh, concept. Oh, okay, all right. Well, may, uh, that wasn't well, a character. That was just me doing that accent. Okay. So I can do that whenever I want. Right, really, okay. it's me, Nathan. And it's me, King Andy. King Andy. And yep. this is Topical Breeze, the podcast where yep. two teachers take turns explaining topics back and forth, yep. alternating topics and hosts every week. And K- Andrew is a traditionally Scottish name. Andrew. So, yeah. yeah. King Andrew. So. St. Andrews. Golf. Right. Yeah. Or the St. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> no, St. Andrews is a golf course, you dumbass. Um, great. Well. we. Uh, today's a Nathan app. It's a Nathan episode. I, this is this is a science episode, actually. So right, uh, 
Hope you're ready for some fucking science, man. Uh, some what? Some <laughs> fucking science? Well, we already did that episode. Right, episode 69. Go check it out. <laughs> nice. Um, that's actually that's real. If in case this yeah, is your first episode, right. of course that's, that's right. real. Yeah, I wasn't gonna have um, episode sixty nine and not talk about it. Right, I'm pretty sure it was the Halloween episode too. It was. Right? Yeah, it was also Roman. So it was spooky, sexy Roman science. Spooky, sexy Roman science, which is what every Halloween party I've been to in the last ten if years. If you has want been. to have whiplash, go listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, right. Or just watch the movie. <sighs> not quite my tempo. That's right. Uh, Miles Teller. You tell her, Miles. No, that's J.K. Simmons. Oh, Miles Teller's the drummer. The, the kid, yeah. Okay. Got it. You tell her, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you brought her, you Miles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. it is it is a science episode. Yeah, Andy, yeah I guess and, it is. Uh, it's, uh, do you want to know what it's about? No, I'm actually, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So uh, this I've has been, been, been Nathan. I'm Andy. Yo, ho, ho. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay, We're, you're not getting that that easy. God damn. All right. Today's topic, Andy. Yep. Is uh, what makes the world go round? Or maybe that's not a, an appropriate title. Love. Well, sure. Jewelry. Maybe it's uh, not necessarily what makes the world go round, but what's what's in the middle of all this? You know? Um. Well, if all this... Is a Ferrara <laughs> Rocher than what you've got in the middle of all this <laughs> hazelnut spread, right? Hazelnut yeah. thing, yeah. Is that uh, not what all no, this is? No, no, no. By all this, I mean you know, the, this solar system, this this world, okay, this this whole thing, you know. Uh, what's 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 at the uh, center of the Tootsie Pop, if you will? Um, I don't know. I'm only like 700 licks in. <laughs> uh, Owl cheated. He went one, two, who, a three, and, and then, then just fucking ate it. Yeah. Three. Owls are wise, my ass. Um, <laughs> we talking about the sun? Are we talking about the sun today? Do you think it is? Are you asking me what's at the center of our solar system? Yeah, let's go with that. The sun. Good, congratulations. You came to the ki- same conclusion Nicholas Copernicus did. Uh, do we like Nicholas Copernicus? We're going to find out today. Okay. <laughs> Today's episode is about Nicholas Copernicus. Oh, the okay. The proposer of the heliocentric model of the solar system. Ah, heliocentric. Yep. Yes. As opposed to, I don't know what they called it before. I, I don't know. Earth-centric. But I'm pretty sure heliocentric means that he was addicted to cocaine, right? Uh, that would be heroin-centric. Oh, oh, that's he- oh, that's a different drug. That's My a bad. different drug. Sorry. I, uh, sorry. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So. Uh, helio, of course, coming from Helios. Greek. The Greek. Sun. The Greek god of the sun. Um, before it. Was it? Was it Apollo? It it transitioned to Apollo. So Helios was the original, and then as the mythology adapted, mm. Apollo took over the role. Because all I know is Apollo drugged the sun across the sky Th- every day. That was always true, but Helios was the sun god. Oh, and, and then and Apollo was like his like ward. Yeah, but the, eventually Apollo took both of those roles. Interesting, interesting. Take that, Helios. You've been demoted. Yeah, take that, Helios. You ass. Nicholas Copernicus. Okay. <laughs> born February 19th, 1473 in Poland. Did you just say 14? 1473. Whoa. Okay, so he was Polish. He was Polish. Uh, at the time, that was part of the Prussian Empire, so he would have been from Prussia. I'm unfamiliar with Prussia, if I'm being honest. Uh, You're not missing much. Okay. It's like this, uh, this region of like... Uh, kind of northeastern Germany, Poland, part of like Lithuania, 
just kind of okay. the empire there during the the Renaissance era. So could say. I I noticed I just looked at the flag. The black eagle that's there definitely appears on. I'm pretty sure the Polish flag in some cases, maybe the Polish coat of arms. I think it's the coat of arms. Uh, but yeah. it also appears on some of the um the provinces within Germany on their flag. Yes, that black eagle. Yeah, I don't know what the significance of that is, but I don't either. That's, um, that's what we're talking about here. Cool. Um, so, born 1473, he will die 1543 at age 70. Wow, um, lived a long time. Lived a long, about uh, 70 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I just said that. Um, he was a true Renaissance man, if you know what I mean. Uh, he so lived first of all, during the he Renaissance. He lived during the Renaissance. <laughs> right. Second of all, he was really educated in a lot of different topics. Okay. He's referred to as a polymath. Have you heard of that term before? Yeah. Right? Yeah, he just Someone studied Someone who knows everything. a lot about a lot of things. A lot of scientific and mathematical. So usually when somebody is a polymath, yeah. they are a, an inventor, they're an engineer. Like, they a, are like a Da Vinci kind of guy. Exactly. Right? Who does all that, right. that stuff. So or he, Archimedes. Absolutely, yeah. right. So he will obviously be involved in science and astronomy with the heliocentric model which we'll get to here in a little bit heliocentric i don't think we specifically explain this the belief that the sun is at the center of our solar system and yes. the planets revolve around the sun right as opposed to many other scholars at the time thinking that the earth everything revolved around the earth and like right. these celestial beings and stars and planets all rotated around the earth um are we going to talk about that idea first are we going to talk about that idea that that mm. We might talk about it a little bit later. Okay. I'm going to get through a little bit of kind of his background. I'll let you, I'll and let then you do we'll, And thing. then we'll talk about the, the heliocentric model. Uh, so he was astronomer, mathematician. He was really big into the Catholic Church. He was a um, basically like a, like a, like a doctor of theology in, in the Catholic Church. Okay. Uh, he worked in economics. He worked in politics. He had a, a medical background, all kinds of stuff. The reason I'm surprised they lived a long time is because the church is known for killing people. Oh, that, yeah. Um, say things that aren't what they like, and I know they killed Galileo. Hmm. Hmm. Pretty sure Galileo also got his ideas from Copernicus. From Copernicus. Did Copernicus? We'll see. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. The answer is actually no. Oh, okay. So well, he lived to seventy. So yeah, yeah. Cool. We'll see how that all works out uh, briefly here in a little bit. Okay. Uh, so as a child, he's born in in Poland in Prussia. His parents are fairly well to do in Prussia. His dad's a merchant, a pretty well known merchant. Okay. Uh, he's pretty well off. Uh, he has some siblings. His uncle is a prominent member in the government there. Um. So from a young age, he's, you know, in a pretty well-to-do family. He's educated, all that stuff. Nice. Um, he goes to the University of Krakow in 1491. So cool. So that puts him about 18, standard university age. Uh, from there, he starts looking into astronomy. Uh, and even in his kind of early days in university, in his 20s, he begins. Uh, he he reads a lot of shit, as okay, you know, right. a lot of people do here, and he is very familiar with, especially the g classical Greek writings, and, okay, uh, writers and scientists of that era. This being the Renaissance, that's kind of 
what it's all about, right? Going back to those those Greek dudes and all this shit that they said. So even during um, his kind of beginnings in university, he begins to start this analysis of the celestial systems of Aristotle and Ptolemy. Those are the models that pretty much everybody is working off of at this point. Okay. This is the belief that the Earth is at the center of the solar system. Everything else revolves around the Earth. And that's how they built their... The, uh, the, the geocentric model. Geocentric. There we go. Okay. Uh, and that's how they built their estimations of celestial movement and stuff like that. Um, the, yeah. Because, I mean, if you watch the stars enough, patterns repeat. Right. So it makes sense that things are revolving around the Earth as because you track Because you can the stars. notice them moving around yeah. and coming back to different spots. I mean, even, right? like, don't even go into the, the stars, the clouds. Like, the way the clouds move across the sky. And the sun. Right. It would make more sense that the thing that is stable throughout your life, the fucking the ground, Earth. doesn't move. And, and you also witness things moving around you. Also built into their idea of that is that the Earth didn't move or rotate. Right. Right. They... they, they thought that we were solid set. what's the word set not stagnant. moving right stagnant not rotating not moving everything else in the war in the the, the heavens the, the yes. celestial bodies yes moved around the earth which well we're not moving i can sit here on the ground i'm not moving right right um and it's really not until um copernicus starts to to come up with the idea of heliocentricity but then later Galil- Galileo and Newton, who come up with inertia, uh, uh, that okay. explains how the Earth can be moving, but we can still sit here on the ground Gotcha. and chill out. Um, but Fun fact. Yeah. Back to the future. One, two, or three. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Doc's dog mm-hmm. is named? Copernicus. Copernicus. Yeah. And I always wondered why, like, I knew he was a scientist. Right. But, like, why Copernicus and not As something else? As opposed to some other scientists? Well, clearly, because Copernicus made one of the greatest breakthroughs in astr- astronomy. Astronomy, Like, yeah. he, he looked in the face of, of danger, right, and treason and heresy and said... We'll get to that. Heliocentrism. Yeah. Where Doc is doing the same thing with time travel. Right. You know? Yeah. And he famously is afraid to bring it to like the government or something. One point twenty-one gigawatts. What is it? I don't. I don't remember, man. Seventy-seven miles an hour. I know that much. <laughs> gigawatts. <laughs> gigawatts. Yeah, that's what he says. Uh huh. Sure. Um, after uh, Copernicus's first stint at university, he goes back home to Prussia. Uh, it's also called Varmia at at some points uh, here. So sometimes they refer to it as Varmia which is basically the same thing as Prussia. It's just a specific part of Prussia. Um, goes back home. He, his family, again, because they're kind of involved in the government there, are kind of constantly, um, I guess you could say, pushing him to do all these different things so that he could come back and be like a part of the government. Gotcha. Right, and kind of follow in the, the family footsteps of being a diplomat, politician, whatever you will say. Uh, so he goes to Italy for a few years to attend the University of Bologna. Um, and then he goes to Rome to study in the Catholic Church. Um, it's debated whether or not he was ordained as a priest. 
the Catholic Church, Catholic Church says it's likely that he was ordained priest. Hmm. Uh, others say, I mean, we don't really have any evidence that he was. So, w- was he ever married? He was not ever married. Is that? I mean, pro- presumably, a guy <laughs> who is super smart and very well off probably could have been married at any point he wanted to. Right. So maybe there was something keeping him from that. True. Maybe. But I'd think there'd be some record. I'm of surprised, that. actually. Yeah, like. Catholic Church keeps pretty good records. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. But he was at one point uh, a um, candidate to be named as the Bishop Prince of Warmia, um, which to be a bishop, I think you have to be. He was ordained. a bishop. He wasn't. Oh, he was a candidate to be named I the see. Bishop Prince of Warmia. But oh, okay. I mean, it's it doesn't really matter in the end whether he was a priest or not for our purposes. But it's just a, an interesting kind of yeah, thing. Still interesting. Uh, but all that to say, he was very involved with the Catholic Church and very tied to the Catholic Church. Gotcha. He was a, um, uh, what they call it, a canon, a Catholic canon. Oh, uh, I I didn't know that. I've always thought it was a canon was like rule or like it it is the it, truth. It, it is, but it was also like a like a educated title back then. It's basically like a doctor. Oh. Um so he he did reach that point as well again because he was so educated in so many different so many different realms of study, I guess uh, you could say. Okay, hold up. Yeah. So I just found a list of of what? Ecclesiastical titles in order of precedence. Oh, okay. Um what do we got? Um Okay, so Oh, it's way down there. Oh, it is. Like yeah. what's it what's it around? Uh arch archpriest? Archpriest? Archdeacon? Oh, so he's like uh like priest level. But it's below it's below like abbot or hermit or nun. Right. Okay. Like so nun, monk, all those are higher than canon. But uh, he did receive his doctor of canon law, uh, the doctoral level terminal degree in the studies of canon law in the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. So he's trained by Catholics. Right. And he basically has a doctorate level degree in... Theo- uh, yeah, he was a theologist. Theology basically. or Roman Catholic law. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, you know, hmm. very tied to... The church. He goes to the University of Padua up until 1503. So at this point, we're in almost his 30s. He's been bouncing around uh, Prussia and Italy, going to universities, studying uh, Greek studies, astronomy, um, medicine, economics, all this kind of shit. He eventually turns back uh, or sorry, returns back to Prussia um, in uh, when he was about thirty, so around the same time, set early seventeen hundred or early fifteen hundreds, excuse me, um, and will live the rest of his life there in Prussia um, as kind of an agent of the Prussian government. He's an advisor. He's a doctor to the 
the princes. He's okay. all kinds of shit. And so he, he also, knows a lot. He knows a lot of stuff about a lot of different things. He writes at least two like published articles on economics having to do with inflation, uh, Dude, which is what? going back is like one of the first publications to accurately describe the relationship between like the circulation of money and inflation. This dude that's besides the e- the point of what he even does. This though. dude lives the life that I would want to live if I didn't have to work for a living. Yeah. Like I would want to just like go to different universities for 4 years at a time and learn different shit. Right. Yeah. Wild. All the while, all throughout his time at the, these universities or even when he's back in Prussia, uh work just, you know, working with his his family and the government, all the while kind of in the back of his head this idea of, you know, that's that stuff that um, Ptolemy and uh, what was the other one? Archimedes was that it? Was that what I said earlier? Aristotle. Aristotle said about the the planetary motion doesn't really line up. It doesn't fully mm. make sense. Um, so he's all the while making observations on the celestial bodies and how they move, um, and all this stuff in 1514. Okay. So he's been back in Prussia so about 10 he's years. He's pretty he's old. He's about 40. Yeah. Now. At about 40, he writes the, the first outline of his th- heliocentric theory. Okay. Um, then this was just a transcript. It was printed a few times for some of his closer friends and uh, fellow astronomists to kind of read over. Um, and it was called Nicholas Copernici de Hypothesis Modum Colestium. Ah, uh, say constitutus commentariolius. Okay. Basically, a commentary on a hypothesis of celestial movement. Okay. okay. Um, this is the basis of his work. It's all of his ideas, but without really a lot of the data to back it up. Gotcha. Um, so he's saying, here's what I think. It's a commentary. Yes. Okay. So he, he finishes this in 1514. And it's this description. Again, it makes very little circulation. He only printed a few copies in manuscripts. One of the copies, incidentally enough, eventually makes its way to Tycho Brahe, which we oh, talked right. about back, yes. a, back a few, that crazy few months ago, um, which eventually he will use to help work on his, uh, his whole star charts and all that stuff. Uh, your dog is sleeping on my foot. Your That's dog just put his head adorable. on my foot. I'm going to lose it. Oh, he moved it. <laughs> or was that your foot? Oh no, uh, my oh, foot's it's over his here. Head. Oh, yeah, he's he's a cute guy. Oh, I want to cry. He's a cute freaking guy. So he's he's got his his outline, his idea. The next several years of his life are going to be dedicated to first of all continuing his regular duties, but also making the observations and tracking data to to back up or propose heliocentricity basically gotcha so he spends like 20 to 30 years on this yeah Damn. um and really he's kind of got everything sort of squared away hmm. in the next 10 years like he spends a long time probably the last 15 to 20 years of his life kind of going back and forth on uh, should i like write an official publication I mean, does he know that these are controversial ideas? Sort of. Like, it's very... I mean, he's got a doctorate in theology. It's very kind of vague, though. Like, he 
is hesitant in some degrees to present uh, his ideas, um, mostly because not that it would be like. Mostly because, not really for any religious reasons. More so in the fact that this would potentially create some upheaval from what had been practiced and believed from Aristotle and, or, yeah, Aristotle and Ptolemy Hmm. continually and for a thousand or more years, right? Okay. Um, So his hesitancy isn't really having to do with the Catholic Church, it's more so um, not wishing to risk the criticism that might come with that. The scientific The criticism. scientific criticism. Okay. Not religious criticism. I just, yeah, I just looked at this up. It says, he dedicated the masterpiece to Pope Paul III. Yeah, and his so. I, he presented his ideas to the Pope, or numerous popes, at least twice before publishing it. And each time huh. that happened, the Pope or the people representing the Pope said, this is really interesting. When you get more information, please send it to us. We'd love to see is, it. So when does the Catholic Church take a hard stance? It's really interesting. It's 70 years after his death. Really? Yeah. So Copernicus publishes his um, De Revolutionibus Orbium Coelestrum in... 1542. Okay, so this is his big thing. His his magnum opus. His, okay. His final... Um, the revolution the of the celestial... De revolutionibus... Revolutionibus <laughs> orbium. Orbs. Celestial orbs. I the revolution of the celestial I, orbs. I, I just had it. I think it's on the, on the revolutions of celestial orbits. Bro, I'm so good at this. There language. you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I speak um, Latin. So he only publishes it the year, but like pretty much on his deathbed. Shit. He dies in late 1542, 1540th, early 1543. He sends it to his publisher in 1542 because he's finally been convinced by his close friends, um, the Pope, to, to <laughs> publish it. Um, so it's said that he. Uh, was presented with the final pages of his paper on the very day that he died. Oh, my God. Allegedly. We don't have any specific evidence of that. He is reputed to have awoken from a stroke-induced coma, looked at his book, and then died peacefully. (laughs) So it really is like... He died and whispered, Send it, send it. (laughs) 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 Smash that motherfucking subscribe button. There you go. Smash that motherfucking subscribe button. Uh, he dies at age 70, May 24th, 1543, uh, of apoplexy and paralysis. Uh, okay. So that's fun. I don't know what apoplexy is. Uh, it is rupture of an internal organ and the accompanying symptoms. Okay. That's not good. Not great. No. But he was 70, so, you know, it happens. But like I said, um, even in the re- the the immediate time after his death, his publication isn't super well circulated, and by the time he published it, pretty much everybody of note in the scholarly world of Europe knew about his ideas already. Right, cause because he's talking to all of them. He's talking to all of them. He'd uh, he'd written out his outline before, 
It had been making right. the rounds. He'd proposed like 30 he'd years before. He talked to the Pope about it. Like, if you were of consequence in the scientific community, you knew that Copernicus had these ideas okay. and this and was working on this this treatise, you could say. So it's no real surprise to many of the scholars of the time. Um, so it's not super circulated at immediately after his death, and it takes a long time for it to be kind of, I guess, picked up in the mainstream, you could say. It would really be until Galileo, about 70 years later, um, based a lot of his work on Copernicus's heliocentric ideas, that it becomes much more, I guess, well-known. Hmm. And that's also when the Catholic Church starts to, to jump on it as well. Because at the time of his death, nobody had any problem with him. So why why did they start to have problem, I guess? Like, what, what did Galileo do that pissed off the Catholic Church? <laughs> what did Galileo do that pissed off the Church? Well... Um, let's see. So the immediate result of Copernicus, Copernicus's publication was only mild controversy. It wasn't discussed at the Council of Trent, which happened two, three, uh, starting two years after his death. Um, it has been much debated why it wasn't until six decades after the publication that the Catholic Church took official action against it. Um, Catholic Opposition only commenced 73 years later when it was occasioned by Galileo. So what Galileo did... Uh, sorry. No, you're fine. I just sprung a question on you. <laughs> I, I'm looking at... I just looked up the listed assumptions in Copernicus's book. Yeah, I, I have those here as well. Man. So uh, Copernicus... Where's the list? There it is. Uh, so the uh, the summer summary of the heliocentric theory as listed in Copernicus's work. First of all, there is no one center of all these celestial spheres or circles. Two, the center of the Earth is not the center of the universe, but only the center towards which heavy bodies move and the center of the lunar sphere. So that's basically, you know... The Earth isn't the focal point of all orbits. He'll say that that is the sun. Um, but it is yeah. interesting that he does say... The sun is the center of the universe. Right. But he, he does say om it, the Earth is a center towards which heavy bodies move. Yeah. Like predicting gravity. Yeah, which the theory Newton of relativity. Which will work on later, right? Um, but my guess and i don't have this specifically but i think the catholic church's problem eventually with um what copernicus says and what galileo moves forward with is that the earth is not the center of the universe so uh so is my question i guess is does the catholic church have issue clearly at this point they don't have issue with the idea that the earth is not the center of the universe Copernicus claims right. that the sun is the center of the universe. So perhaps it is the notion, maybe, I don't know what Galileo contributed to this, if he was able to determine that we are just one of many solar systems. Ooh. Like, if, if that was what it was, that the sun is not the center of the universe either, right. perhaps the Catholic Church might say, now wait a minute. You know? Because then yeah. that implies that we are not special. At least in this case, our solar system... Um. 
is still the center, you know? Right. So um I'm trying to figure out The church persecuted scientists who formed theories the church deemed heretical and forbade people from reading books on those subjects by banning those books. Copernicus and Galileo printed books that later became banned. Copernicus faced no prosecution while he was alive because he died shortly after publishing his book. Both scientists held the same theory that the earth earth revolved around the sun. Uh, The church disapproved because the Holy Scriptures state that the earth is at the center, not the sun. Interesting. Uh, as the contents of the Bible were taken literally, the publishing of these books proved to the church that Copernicus and Galileo were sinners later on. Uh, Copernicus states that the sun is at the center and the earth revolves. Um, the phrasing... Oh, it's, the f- it's mostly the phrasing Copernicus used. He said that if the earth were in motion, revolving, or if the earth were not the center of... Mm. the sun or the center of the solar system then this would happen um so for the 70 years until galileo took that and said okay this is true i'm building off of this with my telescopes and astronomy stuff and we're going to now operate with that assumption the the sun is the center of the solar system that's when the Catholic Church begins to specifically have problems because Copernicus wrote it theoretically um, using hypotheticals, if you will, to propose his uh, theory, which makes sense with his last 30 years of life because he was so hesitant to um, publish this work because of the backlash and criticism. So... That's what I've got. Oh, the church then um, was uh, uh, censored or or edited Copernicus's publication later on. I just looked it up too. I was wrong when I said that that it sh- it's a it's a central idea that like that humans are special and we have to be at the center of everything. And I thought that that's why the church had issue with it. Mm. Apparently. It is more to do with the fact that if we are what is circled around, then we're the lowest tier. And if we are circling something else, then we are actually exalted and brought above. In the ca- in in oh. the original, yeah. So it's and I'm I'm reading this now. It just says, um, if the Earth wasn't the center of the cosmos, then why did matter fall downward? Mm. Why did fire rise up? If the Earth is rotating, you know what what. It it goes against the stories in the Bible that talk about falling from the heavens to oh, the earth. Oh, okay. And so, um, sure. <laughs> the church find found the idea of the earth circling the sun weird and contrary, um, because it was contrary to the idea that man was at the bottom of the cosmos, not because it was contrary to him being exalted. Interesting. So, um, yeah, that's wild, huh? I didn't even know that. I assume, I assumed for years that it was just because, uh, you know, the creation of pe- man on Earth is right. is special. So that means that we have no. To, I mean, when we really, talk about the yeah. heavens and heaven and heaven being upward, yeah, that is all. I guess the what what the church had in mind, 
And so by saying we're actually like rotating other stuff, that throws all that off. But like you said earlier, the idea like gravity wasn't an idea yeah. until Newton. So when Newton comes along, it's like actually like there's gravity. Like now we know why things fall downward. And yeah. so it it at that point probably there was no concept of gravity and why things were falling to the earth. Like it was like literally like there's no fucking way this is true. Yeah. I have, so I mean there's a lot of stuff here. It is. There's a lot of nuance to you know the Astronomy. the relation to the relationship of science and the Catholic Church. Oh, I, I feel yeah. like it's been kind of boiled down and shoved in our faces. Uh but yeah, they, really there is a lot of nuance. You have to have quite the understanding of theology, Teach, church teaching and also what exactly scientists yeah. are saying. Yeah, so that's wild. Uh, Copernicus spoke like six languages. Polyglot. Uh, po- yes, polyglot. Uh, Latin, German, Polish, Greek, Italian, and some knowledge of Hebrew. Okay, so half of those are the same. <laughs> so he spoke. He speaks three languages. Oh, what? Uh, Italian, Greek, and Latin. All the so, same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrew also is basically Greek, uh, and German and Polish are the same. That's so okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's old polymath himself. Um, the Copernican system, the heliocentric, yeah. you know, sun is at the center of the solar system, had been sort of talked about a few times before uh, Copernicus. Uh, a few ancient Greeks had some kind of uh, some semblance of this. The first being Philolaus in. Uh, this is like 400 BC, uh, described an astronomical system in which a central fire, not the sun, different, occupied the center of the universe, um, and all of everything revolved around that. What's this guy's name? Philolaus. Oh. Philolaus. Um, so that's pretty far off, Just, uh, but also in, in another degree, not that far off. Um in is that the Earth wasn't the center of the universe. It was some huge fire somewhere that everything revolved around. Right. Okay, so he was just guessing. Yeah, absolutely, just guessing. Is this where the word philosophy comes from? Oh, I have no idea. That's a great question. I'm going to look this up. Because his name is philosophy etymology. <laughs> you can't escape it. <laughs> uh Whoa. Comes from Philo. Oh, Philo is love, and Safi is wisdom. So it's the love gotcha. of wisdom. Yeah. So not that guy. So this guy's his name is just love. We've of also Laos. got uh, Aristarchus of Samos uh, was the first to advance okay. a theory that the Earth orbited the sun. Samos. But again, that was kind of thrown out with um, Archimedes um, and Aristotle and Ptolemy and okay. all their ideas. So uh, he had that idea again. Just another guess, really, but it was um, overtaken by the logic-based arguments of um, the other Greeks. <laughs> and then in the Middle East, uh, in the 12th and 13th centuries, we do have a few scientists who begin working towards the that hmm. idea of the heliocentric system. They more were, were um, first on coming to the realization that the Earth is at motion, or rotating in some degree, um, and then eventually um, that will lead to some amount of 
uh, you know, celestial motion around other bodies and whatnot. So Copernicus does cite some of the uh, Islamic astronomers hmm. uh, and theories and their observations relating to the Earth's motion. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a scholar. He's referring to other people's oh, research. Yeah. Like this is like he's looking at other peer-reviewed articles. Like this exactly. is so it's it really it's it's yeah. Uh, wow, it's this is fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's Nikki C. That's that's what I got. I think it's interesting too that like, like for a lot of these ancient polymaths like Archimedes and Aristotle and all these guys, like they just sat in rooms and wrote things down and studied and studied and studied yeah. and didn't really rely on anything else but their own thought. And there's something to be said for that. But when we're talking about discoveries that change the course of human history, it takes a it takes a village. And so Copernicus is, is, of course, a revolutionary figure, but he's also relying on the work of others and Galileo, therefore, working off of Copernicus. Like, yeah. it, is, it is a continuation. It's true. Right? It's true. It's, it's wild just how many things that he was well-studied in and how he um, came to that point and just, I mean, I mean. Smart guy. Yeah. Real smart guy. Real smart guy. All right, Andy. Nathan, Andy, forgot that we were talking about Copernicus earlier. Yeah, I don't know what that got means. Got lost in this. I uh, got lost in the sauce. Hey, yeah. folks, don't get lost in the sauce. Stay warm out there. Uh, hit us up on uh, Gmail, uh, topicalbreezepod at gmail dot com. Uh, find us on social media at topicalbreeze. Yep, yep, um, yep. And I think uh, I think that's just gonna about do it. That's about it, everybody. Have a lovely day. Hope you learned something. Yep. I I I'm certain they did not. <laughs> so. Um, I'm Andy. I'm Nathan. Yo, ho, ho. And Bob, thank you for listening. Get back.